0: Right on, right on. Yeah, love, 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 love. Today we're in the love chapter. Uh, I know you guys are excited. I saw this in the lectionary and I was like, whoa. You know, I mean, it just doesn't get any better than this, right? We read it at weddings. We put it on bookmarks. Even TV preachers can handle this one. You know what I'm saying? Like, the love chapter. Something happens, though. Something happens when a... A uh, piece of scripture gets bookmarked status as uh, we—it becomes a little bit of white noise, doesn't it? It's like you see it, but you don't see it. You read it, but you don't hear it, uh, right? And so it's almost like a clinging symbol, uh, right? Anyway, so uh, we get this text and this invaluable piece of scripture, and hopefully this morning we could see it with a little bit of fresh eyes have a little bit of a conversation. Um there are multiple Greek words for love. Anyone got any? Agape. Agape, Carl coming out with the gauntlet. Agape, right. Eros, right. Anybody else? Philia. Yeah. Man, we got scholars in here, right? Uh what, what Storgi? I don't know that one. No. <laughs> Yeah, there's like there's like six or seven. I don't I don't know really. Yeah. So, um first Corinthians 13 is uh is for clarity, it's the agape love chapter, <laughs> right? If you're from the south. Uh so uh it is an all-inclusive kind of love. Uh, it's kind of the big one. Uh right? Love for God, love for others, for nature, for the less fortunate, for it's this sort of like all-encompassing altruistic love. So, Paul here uh, is reaching a bit of a climax in his uh, letter. Um, you go through, you go through 1 Corinthians 12, and it's, you, you get all the really great Uh, bits of information that are in those like spiritual gifts, testings, things, you know, uh, whether you have this gift or that gift. And of course, we always bring into that one question because it's what we do as humanity of like, which one is the greatest? And Paul's like, let me tell you about what's the greatest. And so, and that's kind of where we're getting to uh, in chapter 13 here in Corinthians, this moment of like, um, yeah, let's talk about what the greatest is, and so here we are, um, we have balloons, we have balloons, so I'm gonna need a couple volunteers, one or two people from each table, I think I have only gave two out balloons, per table that I'm gonna need your help to inflate with me this morning, at the appropriate time, one little inflation at a time. So, caveat, um, if you are a person who spits, please do not participate in this. Uh, if, uh, if you, uh, you know, can't control yourself with the balloon, I don't know, maybe you pass it off. Or, um, and then maybe like sanitize your hands after you're done like, you know, with your thing. So, anyway, uh, yeah, caveat, so. Yeah, everyone's going to blow on the same balloon, Aaron. It's going to be fun. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I appreciate the question, though. I really, yeah. Emily asks me very similar questions all the time. She's like, we're not going to do that, are we? Yeah, it's like, like, yeah. You guys never know with me, do you? So, yeah, all right. We're going to walk through uh, some of these verses and see if we can go somewhere. All right, here we go. Are you stretching them out? Let's see if we can get that first one. If I speak in the tongues of mortals let's just give it a little All right and you got to be good at the pinching part you know just just you know it's got to be gradual If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels but do not have love I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal Uh, So right here out of the gate, Paul is hitting on these very high cultural values uh, for his readers in Corinth, right? If I have skilled speech, uh, right, but have not love, I am just uh, loud. I'm like a clanging gong, uh, right, or a a clanging cymbal or a noisy gong. I'm just loud. I'm just big um, if I do not have love. Verse 2. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I have nothing, right? If I am all-powerful, if I know everything, if I am Google and do not have love, I am just hot air. I have nothing, he says. Understanding without love. Verse 3. This gets a little more juicy. If I give away all my possessions and if I hand over my body, so that I may boast, Whew. but have not love, I gain nothing. Isn't that crazy? You almost be like, you could look, if I look exactly Christian, right? If I give my body over, if I even give away all my possessions, right? Look and see my work. Like... I can even look really loving, essentially, and still be without love. Isn't this interesting? In three verses, it's like you can look any way that you want. You can have anything that you want. You can do anything that you want. But if you don't have love, you essentially are empty. You are without. You're still missing it. Just hot air. Are you with me? You have nothing. So, how then does love look, right? What does love look like? It's a good question. Um, let me tell you guys a little something that you probably already know Instagram is the devil's playground, okay? You probably already knew this, but let me just throw this out there. I mean, all you got to do, your thumb just swips across that little reels button that they put on there, and you're just, it's just off to the races. And it's one little short video after another little short video of some guy skateboarding with his dog. And if you put some background music to it, I mean, you're just, this is just. You know, and from what I understand about the TikToks is that it's like Instagram on drugs, and so just goes for days. I don't know, I'm refusing to get on there, but it's just uh, it's it's wow, it's just all the things, you know. And uh, you know, if we aren't careful, and I'm not, you know, we're gonna hold this Lucy, but I, I think if we aren't careful, we can spend our entire lives just kind of inflating, right? I, I think it's amazing to watch how much effort that we can put in to these little bitty videos, isn't it? I mean, just talking about something something like social media, right? And And at least like 90% of the ones that I see are just like, check me out, you know, it's always some version of check me out, and let me tell you, it is entertaining, you know, it is entertaining, and, but I'm always like, wow, how much, how much effort, how much energy goes into these little, these little versions of check me out, right, there's something, I guess to say, there's something that picks at us here, isn't it, the, the, there's something within us that does want to be seen, and does want to be heard, and, and does want to be fantastical, and does want to be part of the family Madrigal, uh, if you, some of you know what I'm talking about, uh, you know, it's just like, yes, I, I do want this. You know, I often think about, uh, in parallel, kind of, a lot of the temptations that Jesus faced in the wilderness, right? We talk about this a lot, you know, this sort of temptation to be fantastical, and, um, You know, it's like, he, he, uh, you know, he, it's like, be a spectacle, Jesus. Like, throw yourself off this cliff, and, uh, you know, you can fly, I'm sure, because you're God, right? But really, I mean, we can only truly uh, imagine the sort of temptation that this was for Jesus, who was actually God, right, right? Um, it's like, shut up, devil, before I crush you. You know, it's like, he could have, he could have, but he didn't, right? Jesus, to say that Jesus was humble, to say that Jesus was self-controlled, to say that Jesus was centered in his being is, is a vast understatement. Um, and so we are people today, more than any other time in history, uh, where we can just, uh, we're just sort of using this analogy, but where we can sort of just sit even on our sofa, and, and move our head and wiggle our finger and, and sort of like be globally present to the world in a way, uh, right? And if you want to go further, you can still jump off a cliff, but just make sure that you film it and put some Kanye West in the background, and then it's real legit, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, whew, just keep scrolling. Uh, it's, it's, it's entertaining. To be fantastical, the inflation of the self. Uh, now, I want to be—I want to be very careful here because this is not like this is not like uh, social media shaming or something. This is not like don't post photos of yourself or anything like that. But this is what we do as a church, I guess. Is this sort of moment of um, reflecting of the heart, right? Examining our hearts. Um, because I think ultimately what, what what this is a metaphor right? for is that we all want to belong, don't we? We all want to belong. We all want to be a part of the thing. We all want to be accepted. We all want to be adopted. We all want to be loved, don't we? We see this everywhere all the time. We all want to be loved. And culture has created lots of fake ways to try to fill those voids, that void of love, that void of belonging. Uh, There's plenty of ways that just don't work out, right, that won't last. And so, you know, we can get caught in a life that simply is uh, self-orbiting, Right, and the thing about self-orbiting is you don't really realize that you're orbiting yourself. uh, You don't really realize that it's happening, because um, right, Jesus often holds up that mirror for us to to kind of you know. If you read the Gospels very long, you quickly realize that you sort of like shake shake out of yourself a little bit because Jesus is always holding that mirror up for us to see. right to sort of like pull us out of that orbit or to push us out of that orbit in order to better see the whole and to better see the other right this is why if you look Jesus up on Instagram you never see pictures of Jesus right you just see pictures of other people <laughs> yeah uh, i'm going to continue on verse 4 paul continues to write love is patient Love is kind. It is not, you guys ready? Here we go. Stretch out. It is not envious or boastful or arrogant or, my favorite, rude. Who knew I had all that in me, right? Isn't it funny that it's like this even must be, said this even must be stated love isn't rude (laughs) yeah yeah got it love isn't arrogant it's like for thousands of years we're still just we're covering the basics here i love this this could actually be translated as love isn't boiling over love isn't boiling with hate or boiling with envy Right. Love isn't boastful. Love doesn't have an excess of itself. Literally translated, some of your Bibles may say, love isn't puffed up. Love isn't blown up. Yeah. It's crazy. How, how, how's everyone doing with, with your balloons? Let me see what we got. Okay. Some people are a little more inflated than others. Okay, but yeah, generally, generally within the ballpark. Um, Yeah, yeah. All right, let's keep going. Love does not insist on its own way. I think we can let a little air out on that one. I'm just going to let a little air on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Love does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. Not irritable or resentful. Not easily irritated. You know, another translation for this word—if you just look it up—it's just sharp. You know, anybody got a pin or something? It's not—it's sh- not sharp. Yeah. Anybody want to try to poke their balloon, my dear? Oh, he's gonna do it. Love is not easily pokeable, right? It's hard, to, it's, hard to, it's hard to deflate something. It's hard to pop something that's already deflating, right? Um, love isn't, so it says resentful. Uh, I, I really love the translation that maybe you're familiar with. It says, love keeps no record of wrongs. Whew. I mean, this doggone it chapter. I mean, it's just like, there are just no words here. The, love doesn't have a scorecard. Anyone here have a scorecard? You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? The scorecard. Married people love the scorecard. You know? In your your head, you're like, I did the dishes. And I packed the kids' lunches. And in her head, she's like, I did the shopping. And I did the laundry. And I birthed the children. You know? And, you know, it's just, uh, it's like a real, of mini golf okay and you know yeah yeah but but we all have scorecards with with all people at all times uh right because it's that sort of tit for tat thing that we get sucked into uh yeah i'm just gonna let a little more air out here it's a good one love does not rejoice in wrongdoing but rejoices in the truth isn't it funny the word rejoice is in here it's not that love doesn't uh do wrong that's not even the thing he's saying he's like it doesn't celebrate it either you know uh let it be said even our even our joy is like a checking point for us here in the text like what what is it that brings you your joy right where are your sources of joy You can let a little more out if you want. It's up to you. Verse 7. Thank you, Zach. Work with me. Work with me. Work with me. It bears all things. love that, by the way. I feel like that should be a t-shirt. It just bears all things it believes all things love hopes all things love endures all things wow let's just let the rest of our air out let's just let's just let it let it in let it out let it rain let it snow let it go just yeah the whole thing the whole thing oh gosh shake it off i love this word here for for bears is is this uh, is this Greek word stego? And it could literally be translated as it protects or conceals or even that it that it covers over the faults of others. Right? Bears. Right? Endures. Love is durable. Are you with me? Love is durable. Durable. It's malleable. Isn't that interesting? And then verse 8 love never ends. Love doesn't go away, right? Love transcends. Love transforms. Love takes on new shapes, but it doesn't end as its essence is ongoing, right? But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. Basically, this is a recap of the first three verses if you guys didn't catch that. The sort of trifecta and epitome that was like all cultural value here and importance. All this other stuff that may look like love. All this other stuff that may sound like love. All this other stuff that ought to be love but isn't. Right? All those hearts all those likes are you with me actually you'll actually know the difference between that and all the other stuff by by if it's ongoing or not by if it doesn't end right all these false props all these fake accounts all these untrue filters all this false news all this stuff will end because it isn't love love becomes the determining factor for what is uh gonna be in the new thing right love is is the determining factor for what it looks like in the new heaven and the new earth and where this whole thing is going because love is the central ingredient in what is baked in the cake for the party are you with me For the kingdom of heaven on earth. That's the recipe. Because now, y'all, we know only in part. We prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child... I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. Very childish. But when I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. Paul's really bringing it home here. He's like, yep, yep, yep. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. You've got to put your third eye on for that one. And now, faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these is love. There's something about love. We're going to land this plane. You guys are like, he's preaching the whole chapter. There's something about love that is completing. Right? There's something about love that takes all the parts and puts them together into a whole. There's something about love that helps us mature. There's something about love that grows up. There's something about love that's like adulting. uh, Right? Uh, There's something about love that teaches us the lessons of losing our lives to find it. I was recently messaging with a good friend of mine, and he was sort of like airing his grievances of just how difficult it all was, you know, and uh, it's like raising the kids and doing the work and the dishes and the minutiae, and he's like, I know I should just be more thankful, and I am thankful, but man, it's really hard, and I love my kids, but, you know, (laughs) it's really hard, because it is really hard, you know, and uh, it made me think of, uh, I I was reading some Henry Nouwen recently and he's writing in this one part, and he's essentially saying, like, uh, how, talking about how children can teach us patience and love and, uh, you know, this sort of discipline. He's like, you can either go and live at a monastery for a few years, or you can have kids. There's a couple pathway options. <laughs> yeah, no, this is from a guy who doesn't have, didn't have kids, you yeah. know. And, and, it, and it's funny, but there's so much truth there because, ironically— You know, uh, if you're someone's kid, raise your hand, right? I'm telling you, like, it's all of it, right? Ironically, our children really teach us what selfish babies we are. I, I mean, are you with me? I mean, they're always needing something. Mommy, I need. Daddy, I want. Right? They want it all from you. They want all your time and your energy, and they want all your snacks. They want it all, right? And the reason our kids become a great example for this conversation is because we love our children, right? We love our children. And real hearty true love is very challenging. And it moves us toward growth and it pushes us and pulls us, right? This is what real love does. It, it tests us and it teaches us. But love... Love seems to be quite often the opposite of inflation, doesn't it? Love is like the opposite of the inflation. Love beckons me to take my air and to put it into the other. To take that which was going to inflate myself and give it to the other my brother, my sister. Because love is giving. Love is building the other up. Love isn't interested in its own kingdom, but in the kingdom of God, right? Love is in the places with those on the margins. Uh, But mysteriously, and I would say universally, when I am deflated when I am deflated in the name of love, and true love, right, only then and truly only then do I become reflated, do I become truly inflated with actual real love. Because actual, real love floats. Love floats. You and me. (laughs) You and me. Let me pray this morning. Lord God, we spend a few moments together on an ancient text. Lord, help us to sink into these words. Help us to be formed by these words that are still just as challenging, perhaps even more challenging today than they were 2,000 years ago when they were written down. To be a people of love. To be a people who are marked by these radical notions of covering all things and enduring all things, a durability, a transcendence, a growing, a floating, a giving. Lord, we give you thanks for your word this morning. Help us to be transformed by it and by you. In your name we pray, amen.